from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. It's ironic that the guy who spent 30 years bringing life into focus as one of the country's most sought-after portrait photographers is now inspiring creative entrepreneurs to leverage their so-called lack of focus. Business coach and speaker Jeffrey Shaw encourages entrepreneurs to use their natural creative strengths to build businesses that are profitable and fulfilling so that they can make a living doing what they love. He's also the host of the popular business podcast, Creative Warriors, and he's joining me today from sunny Florida. How's it going, Jeff? It's awesome. It's sunny. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give a public apology to, to you in front of everyone right now. You know, we actually recorded a podcast before, and right after it, my computer died. The hard drive just crashed like the next day. So lesson learned for everyone tuning in. Back up all your stuff. It doesn't matter if it's a podcast episode or, you know, photos of your newborn child. Make sure it's somewhere else other than just on the computer. And I'm sure you can agree with that, Jeff. I most certainly can. But you know what? I'll offer you something. First of all, I commend you for your transparency. You didn't need to be. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, 30, I've been in business more than 31 years. And I will tell you that some of the people, some of my clients that I'm close to are people that I recovered from a mistake from. And, you know, so, hey, you and I are probably going to wind up being best buddies as if we weren't already because there's something about going through something with people. So never be afraid to to just own when things go wrong in and out of our control because I actually think it creates some of the best business relationships you'll ever have. Yeah, and I think I got to send you a great little uh, gift as a way to say I'm sorry that we had to re-record. So I sent a copy of my book up to Jeff, and I hope you enjoy that. And um, I think, you know, the best way to start this is we're going to get into the creative warriors and where that's, that idea came from in just a little bit here. But, you know, you ran this photography business, and I always love talking to people who are in a very similar field as me. You know, I do video, a little bit of photo, but um, anyone who really gets behind the lens and looks at life a little bit differently, uh, it's great to connect. So let's just kind of dive in, Jeff, and, and maybe share a little bit about your story and how you found photography as as your true passion and you know followed it for so long and then at you know one point you made a little bit of a shift and started being able to coach other people on how to create such a successful business yeah absolutely so so you know the thing that intrigued me about photography initially was the the science of it you know and at the end of the day i realized in life that everything that appeals to me is both an art and a science i've studied landscape design i love to cook and you know of course there's photography and i realized the common denominator was i love the interplay between the left and right brain so i i seem to be drawn to things that are both a science and an art and for me photography originally it was the science of it it was the, it was being in the dark room in the day and uh, watching photographs develop and and what i, I liked i liked to screwing with the chemicals to see what would go wrong. Um, so, but, you know, eventually I ran out of things to, to print. So I needed some things to photograph. And um, then I picked up a camera. Uh, coincidentally, by the way, we had a dark room in the house I grew up in. My father kind of dabbled in it at one point as a hobby. And um, so I picked up a camera. Um, you know, and, and photography itself, the camera, even being in a studio and in the dark room, it was all an escape for me because I was a really, really shy kid. 
Uh, and that enabled me to it enabled me to survive high school. I never would have gone through made it through high school if it wasn't for photography and being able to hide out in the dark room. Um, same thing with your out shooting. You know, there's there's a there's always glass between you and the people you're photographing, mm-hmm. or there's there's a, a box between you and and the street that you're photographing on, and that has was always the biggest protection for me. The irony was, which is what happens to uh, a lot of creatives, particularly authors. I interview on my podcast a lot of authors. The ultimate irony is you pick up these things in life that you do to escape something and then you wind up being good at it and everybody notices. And then it's like, holy crap, now what? (laughs) So I wound up being really good at photography and getting all these awards in high school and and going on a national tour with a, a group of artists and I went off to photography school and I was best in class and I had to speak at graduation. <laughs> so the irony was that which was my escape from life be- wound up putting me center stage uh, in, in the movie movie of my own life, if you will, to, to use your own book. Um, so, yeah, so that propelled me into a way of being in, in business. Um yeah, that uh, I didn't expect for sure. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting that you brought up that holy crap now what moment because I certainly had the same exact thing happen where I just became really good at something. And then everyone knew that, you know, Zephan is the video guy. And they always said he's the go to video guy. And then it was just like, Oh, my God, like, what am I gonna do now? I'm like in front of all of these people. Uh, so I was totally in the same boat as you. And I understand that there was um, a quick thing I wanted to mention, you know, for the millennials tuning in, because I'm sure some of you guys never got a chance to experience a dark room. <laughs> but believe it or not, there was a time where we printed out photos, <laughs> and yeah. we didn't just upload them to Facebook. Um, and I, I think a darkroom experience is really neat. I actually was fortunate enough to uh, take a class when I was in middle school. Uh, I think I was in like sixth grade. And I'll never forget that this was a time where we were so used to with these little point and shoots where as soon as you turn it on, the lens opens on its own. But when I was given my first camera to shoot with film, you have to remember to take the lens cap off. Otherwise, you go to develop your photos and half of them end up completely black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So such a great time. Well, the same was true, honestly, when, when digital cameras first came out. The first generation of digital cameras fired even if there wasn't a CF card in it, which was ridiculous. <laughs> it's because, you know, it was really easy to forget to put the card in. But they, they corrected that on the second generation of digital cameras. Oh, man, it's crazy how much things have changed and how much at the same time they've stayed the same. You know, photography hasn't been around all that long. We're looking at what, maybe 150, 200 years, give or take. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about 200 years. Yeah. And so photography also gives us a unique perspective because like you were saying, there's, you know, there's this pane of glass that's between you and the rest of the world. I'm wondering if we could dive into that a little bit and just look at, you know, uh, Right now, we live in a world where we have a pane of glass that's in front of us most of the time now. It's just called an iPhone. Um, are we blocking ourselves out from from the true story or the true picture that's being painted right in front of us? And if so, uh, how can we kind of break down that barrier? Because I know that a picture can freeze a moment in time. And, and oftentimes, we'll look back at the photo and say, oh, I don't remember that that person was there. I didn't know that this happened. Um, you know, are we missing out by uh, by not really seeing what the camera sees? You know, it's 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 a great question because first of all, I'm not. You know, I I don't like it when people resist the realities of life. Right? I think there's always there's always a need for balance. 
So I think there's a lot of conversation right now about um, forget conversation. I think there's a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of making fun about people missing life because they're staring down at their phone. You know, there's photographs on Facebook. Uh, you know, mother is looking at the dinner table and they're they're taking a picture of their family. Everybody's on the phone. Right. Or um, I was actually at a concert the other night. Um, to see Madonna here in Miami and we were like a front row second elevated the first elevated section and you look down and it was kind of amazing to look at the number of cell phones lit up like and I'm not talking about this is before the concert even started so it wasn't just the picture taken it was really fascinating so I get the question but you know what it's not going to change like I think that you can I don't I don't criticize my kids for being on the phone too much, right? Because first of all, I'm more guilty than they are. Um, I just think it's a reality. And I don't think it has to mean that we're missing life. In fact, I treasure the fact that everything's photographed. Like my kids and myself included, like we don't let a moment of life go by that we don't capture it, right? And we share those moments. So as much as there, as much as these devices and these panes of glass might be keeping us out of the moment, on the other hand, it, there's there's an appreciation for the moment that has never been there before. And I, what I think is really interesting is the popularity now of Snapchat and Periscope and Meerkat and things like this, which are temporary mediums. I'm fascinated by the temporary because I think that's a whole other statement, right? It's now we're putting we're we're not even we don't even care about holding on to it, right? Right. And what I think is interesting about that is that I think and I've talked to my son about this. I have three kids. My son's 23. And uh, and I think he's kind of, you know, that being in that millennial generation, it, there's I, there's something of value about the not wanting to hang on to mentality and saying, I'm just capturing this moment, but I'm not. It's sort of like not being materialistic in a way. I'm not hung up on hanging on to it, but I'm acknowledging this moment. So I, I think there's a paradox. I think there's a way in which these panes of glass and devices keep us out of the moment. And I think there's a way that they put us in the moment. Therefore, it balances out and I'm okay with it. I think that's a that's a really unique way, spin to put on it because, you know, part of me was like, well, you know, Snapchat, these these images expire within, you know, 10 seconds or, or less. And at the same time, I think that it's great that we're actually pausing to acknowledge a moment in time. I, I think that that's something we all need to do a little bit more of. Um, and I really like that you stress how important it is to really capture as many moments as possible. Um, do you think, you know, everyone should just be taking their camera around with them all the time? I mean, it, how do we... Um, I guess how do we, without, you know, being that guy with the selfie stick blocking everyone else's view at the Madonna concert, like, how do we reserve this space and time and really acknowledge what's happening uh, without missing out on what's actually happening? Because at the end of the day, you know, like, you're there for the concert, you're there to, to listen and to hear and to experience, uh, but you don't exactly want to experience that through the screen of your phone the whole time. Yeah, although, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed shooting some video and being able to share it on Facebook and giving my friends and my, I mean, I was texting videos to my daughter because I was FaceTiming from the concert because I wanted to be with my daughter in that moment, um, you know, so there's that too, right? We didn't have that option before. So now my daughter who's in Connecticut, I was able to share the experience with her, you know, with and sort of aligned with your the theme of your podcast because, you know, I'm determined to prove my kids that I'm still cool, right? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I was I was texting her and saying, I'm just I'm really at this Madonna concert to prove to your kids that you have someday that they have a cool grandpa. Like I, I don't <laughs> that's my sole goal for being here. So I was thrilled to be able to share that experience with her and I wouldn't have been able to before. I, I think there's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger question in what you're asking uh, about photography, for example, because, you know, of course, I being still a photographer and, and coaching a lot of photographers, this is an ongoing debate in the industry uh, to the point that, you know, many photographers are just, uh, they think it's the, the end of their careers because everybody has a, an iPhone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think you have to separate things, right? I think that you know, what I produce as a photographer, for example, I produce really large wall portraits that are a huge investment for my clients. I also know that those clients run around with their own iPhones capturing every moment. And I, I think that's a great thing. And I don't mind them even uh, taking pictures while I'm photographing their family. I don't, I also provide images for them to share. There's a difference. We, we, what we want to do is educate people to, to the difference between capturing the moment mm -hmm. and preserving the moment they're two different things i don't digital's not permanent such as the case with you losing your hard drive right right it, to rely on anything digital is just crazy so i'm a proponent as a photographer for printing out portraits doing albums like you used to because nobody sits down and flips through their vacation photographs on a computer um, but you know build an album of the experience relive it have portraits displayed in your home it's they're different concepts that I don't think one has to stop the other. I think you can you can enjoy the moment and the sharing of, of your life while still knowing there are ways in which you need to preserve those moments. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, something that you brought up that was uh, it was on your website for your photo business. You know, you mentioned something about how you don't have many photos of your childhood. Uh, and I think that that was a big reason why, you know, you really strive to make sure that others have these moments captured in time to remember and look back on. Uh, is that something that you could expand on a little bit? Sure. And, you know, again, I think it's actually a bigger business lesson in life lesson than even that, because I didn't I didn't realize this until halfway through my career. Now, um, the fact of the matter is I have one photograph of my childhood. Um, I was the youngest of three boys. And, uh, you know, I know my client, my parents were in a different financial position. By the time I came along, I was the third child, tipped the scale. They had to buy their first home. And uh, so the money wasn't there. I'm sure they were bored. It was just third child thing. And, you know, another boy like you know, just nothing exciting here. So, and I was uh, probably being a shy kid. I probably kept so much to myself that I wasn't in you know, life. I don't know, but there, there's literally one photograph that I have ever found. Um, the, the bigger impact of that was, and when I realized when it was brought to my attention, actually through a coaching experience with my coach, that I realized this, that it was more than just that I wanted to make sure other children were photographed. It was actually bigger than that. What I realized is that the way I had functioned as a photographer up to that point, it made perfect sense to me now. Because the way I naturally built my business as a photographer was to take care of my clients in a way that they would never have expected to be taken care of. Um, I did more than just serve them in the moment that they hired me. I was always thinking for them. And I realized I fought really hard to make sure that they were responsible to their children. 
I made sure that my clients photographed all their kids at the same age. I would call them and remind them like, hey, you know what? We need to photograph Johnny because we photographed Susie at the same age. I would call them and remind them to do their annual holiday card photograph. And I realized by recognizing I only had this one photograph, the bigger lesson in it for me was that I was making sure that their children didn't feel the pain that I did, mm. right? So it was more than just the fact I only had one photograph. It actually pointed out to me how I was showing up as a business person and what that really meant to my clients. And you know, being the entrepreneur that I am, I'm like, that was a great personal awareness, but then I immediately was, was thinking, well, great, how can I use that? <laughs> how can I leverage that to make even more money? But it was truly a turning point in my career because then I upped, I amped that. I'm like, okay, if this is my core skill in life, like my core skill is that I'm able to help people be more responsible in their lives than they even are asking for, then let me do more of that. Yeah. So I, I, I upped the game. I started doing more things and, you know, and, and little touches uh, that would constantly help my clients guarantee that their family was photographed in a responsible manner, in a predictable manner, so that their kids never felt the way I did. And I'm sure that that's one of those core breakthroughs where, uh, you know, in business talk, they always talk about a unique selling proposition. You know, how are you different from anyone else out there uh, who picks up a camera? And it sounds like that's a huge thing uh, that that made not only you different, but the interaction with you and your business different. Um, and I know that you coach with a lot of business owners now, a lot of photographers and, and creatives in overall. And I'd love to kind of just jump into real fast how someone can uh you know i don't know if that breakthrough is something that's going to happen right away but where can they get started in figuring out what it truly is that drives them because i think once that clicks into place a lot of other things fall into place for them so for anyone tuning in who you know is interested in in leaving the corporate world starting a business or might have started a business much like you had for quite some time and then wants to take it to the next level, uh, you know, how do we really find out at our core what it is that that we truly believe in? Yeah, and I, I think you're so wise in mentioning that the work I do actually can help people before they start their business, as well as people that have been in business for 10, 15, even 25 years, right? So it, what I, what I support my clients in, in can help with a startup and help you take your, as you said, to your business to the next level, um, because you can always pause to kind of start again. And, and it is a process. Now, again, being a lover of the left and the right brain, it is actually a mix of both. So, um, the pattern, if you will, is you've got to do the inside work first, you know, and this is one of the distinctions that makes being in business as a creative person different than if you're selling a commodity or groceries, right? If you're, if you own a mini market and you're selling groceries, you don't really have to do a whole lot of inner work, right? I mean, it's pretty linear. It's a pretty linear path to success. But if you're marketing yourself, my core message is that if you're marketing yourself and your talent, you have to be in business a different way. That's my skill set as a coach. Like that's that is entirely who I support. That's that those are the creative warriors. Creative warriors are in business marketing themselves and their talent. And I can help them with that because I I, I get what needs to be different, what needs to be done differently. And and the one of the key distinctions is that when people are hiring you, they're hiring you. <laughs> you are your brand and they're hiring you. Therefore, the more you can magnify you, the clearer you can make what you stand for. 
the easier it is for people to know whether you're the right fit for them and to know what you stand for. Okay, so you have to do the inner work first. So that means diving in, finding out what it, you know, what's your why, why, why are you compelled to do this work? What's the story behind it? And is the story true? And that's a step I take that I don't think a lot of coaches do. It's, uh, I, I like proof, right? And I think, I think creative people and inwardly thinking people can, can get very dramatic and come up with really dramatic stories. That's great, but it's only marketable if it's true, right? And you'll only stick with it. You'll like, like me, you'll only stick with the hard road for 30 years if your purpose is proven, Right? You can't just skim the surface and say, the purpose of my life is blank. It's like, well, what's the proof to that? Right. right? Because that's the sustainability. If you don't really get that in your bones, you're not going to stick with it. And I'm sure you'll gain more clarity as time goes, right? Like, I, I can't just create this statement right away and this will sustain me for the next 30 years. I'm sure it's going to grow over time and I'll learn more about myself as I step into that. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, and personal growth is organic. You will always, you're never done. Right, especially creatives and entrepreneurs, we're seekers, so we're always seeking. And and I also am not a proponent, although I, I haven't quite figured this out for myself yet. Whether there is, do we truly have one core purpose, or do we repurpose? As we, or, or is there one core purpose and we re, we repurpose it as we go through life? So for me, for example, I I lived my life as a photographer for thirty one years, believing that was my purpose. That was why I was here on Earth. And now I'm, I'm even more committed to how I can help creatives in business by being a coach and a speaker and, and having an online coaching program. I'm more committed, and I will honestly say more committed than I've ever been to anything in my life, in part because I'm 50, about to turn 52 years old, and I don't feel like I have forever to get the work done. Hopefully I have a good 30 years or so, but you know, I don't have forever. So I'm more committed to getting the work done and how I can help people, creatives in business now than, than I have ever been as a photographer. I mean, I'm going for it in such a strong way. So that causes calls into question. Do we have one purpose? I, I thought being a photographer was my purpose. Now I feel like helping creatives in business is my purpose. But then again, there is commonality in both things, right? So maybe there is a core purpose and it shows up in different mediums in the way that we have an artistic style, but we can express that style in oil paints and pastels. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I can't say I have a definitive answer to that. It's one worth exploring. Yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, well, one of the biggest things that I discovered about myself in the last year or so was that at my core, one of the big things that drives me is the story. You know, whether it's video or photo, there, there's a story behind it. And it wasn't until I accepted that it was the story, not the actual action of, you know, turning on the camera, taking it out and shooting something. Um, that's when things started to change and shift for me. And I think that using a camera is a great medium or a great vessel for us to, uh, you know, really drive home that core belief or that core um thing that that pushes us to do more and more uh and i think that cameras tend to do that for many people um but also anyone who's a creative it's something that it's a matter of finding out what the core thing is that drives you and then also i think the best way to put the paint on canvas you know are you using a paintbrush or are you using a pencil are you using a camera or are you using an iphone you know i think that there's there's this drive this core need that we have and then in order to fulfill it there's some sort of tool or maybe the tools change over time that we use to achieve that 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll expand on that and say that that, again, is one of the distinctions of creatives and business is that we create and sometimes we, we forget that. Or I don't know that we ever forget it, but we, we certainly live in a world that's telling us to do it differently. As you said in my bio, which is one of the strong stances I take, is that I, I'm tired of living in a world telling us creative thinkers to focus. Like I am vehemently opposed to the idea that we have to focus <laughs> because I think that there's, it stifles creativity. There's so much advantage for our so-called lack of focus in it, when, when harnessed correctly. And, and one of the ways it can really benefit us as creatives in business is that we can have a diver, diverse business model, right? The, the, the key thing is my, one of my, I will say my, my favorite quote my, of my own quote, like it's a little weird, but it, it's my favorite quote uh, of my own is that when you know your core purpose, you can wear many hats and they'll hang on one hook. So your job is to understand the hook. And what I, what I mean by hook is like, what is it that you want to stand for? What's your thing? What is, as you had said earlier, what's your unique differentiator in business and in life? What is it that you have to bring differently to this time on earth? There's your hook. Now go out and express it freely and build a business model that allows you to do a lot of different things. Stop following traditional business advice that tells us to focus, to find a niche, and not to multitask. Those are all things that, that we need to do to encourage the creativity. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me of how anti-business plan I am. When I hear people say the words business plan, I just say, no, business plan is an excuse for you to not get started on your dream for another six months. <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. I actually have uh, a, a so-called business plan, um, but it's 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 much as partly inner, inner work. Like there's no numbers involved other than, you know, I do advise people. You have to know your numbers. There's a right. practical side of business as well. And I support people with that. But none of that means anything until you actually, you know, know what you stand for and build a clear brand. And that's one of my strongest stances is, you know, the, the, the reason the journey, as I mentioned earlier, it being a journey is like you, you have to do the inner work. You have to find what it is that you stand for. The turning point in being successful in business is when you can identify that uniqueness, you own it and you make it a marketable brand. Anything is marketable. Everything is far more marketable when it's unique and stands out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that we'd have to say the theme for this talk today is almost uh, forget the focus, <laughs> I, which is like crazy because who's going to go tell a photographer to, to be out of focus? But <laughs> yeah, well, that's why my bio is as it is. Like, there's an irony to the fact that I spent 30 years like focusing life, like making sure my images were sharp and I was bringing families together. And, you know, that's the irony, right? But the paradox is that I was successful as a photographer in business because I didn't focus on one thing, right? I mean, I built a business model that allowed and it only became more diverse, you know, and I, over a 30 year span, I got to see how the world of business changed. In the 80s, when I went into business, we did sort of pick a niche, right? Um, Every industry was more specialized. General photographers didn't really exist anymore. More, and you know, you may you may not even remember, but it used to be that you would go to a doctor for all your body parts, and now you go to a different doctor for every body part, right? Yeah. So, you know, businesses went from being generalized to being highly specialized. But I think we've changed again. We've changed from being specialized to being diversified. So it's it, the trend of business has been from generalized to uh, specialized to now diversified. 
And that does not mean, for creatives in business, this does not mean that we're a jack of all trades, which implies negatively that, you know, what's, what's the rest of that phrase? Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's really, it's nasty. <laughs> That's not who creatives in business are. We are, we're not jacks of all trades. We're actually really good at many things. Michelangelo, Da Vinci, the artists of the Renaissance, they weren't jacks of all trades. Right. They were actually really good at many things. Being called, I actually refer to this as the new Renaissance movement. This is the, the I'm banding creative warriors together for the benefit of the new Renaissance movement. This is the movement I want to see because I want to live in a world moving forward where we have the creative freedom to be the Michelangelo's and Da Vinci's of today. And not just in traditional arts, but just in a way of being. I mean, can you imagine if people told Michelangelo and Da Vinci to focus? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They were art. They were sculptors and oil painters and scientists. Like it used to be, you were. It was a compliment to be called a Renaissance man or a Renaissance woman, right? Now it almost seems like it would be an insult. It's not about being a jack of all trades. It's actually about being really good at many things, and we are. We can be. I think we're definitely moving into a world where that's becoming uh, ever more present. And, you know, we you have a, an amazing group of creative warriors here that are doing just that. Um, Jeff, let's let's wrap things up here and, and share with everyone what is the best place for people to find these creative warriors, what they're doing, and uh, to better get to know you and, and find out how sure. you can help them. Awesome. Well, come hang out with us on our Facebook group, uh, which I started just a few months ago in an effort to, to bring everyone together. Um, and that it, you can you can join our Facebook group by going to joinwarriors.com. It's a closed group, but I welcome everybody in uh, and only kick you out if you don't behave. Um, and, and that would be if you were trying to sell yourself, cause that's not what we're there for, but we're there to support each other. We have a whole lot of fun. And I mean, what's better than hanging out with a bunch of people who are just like you. So, uh, that's joinwarriors.com. And then, uh, for a taste of my psychology and the way that I think, um, uh, I think it would be really great for your listeners to, uh, join week of the warrior, uh, week of week of the warrior.com. It's a seven day online coaching program where every day you're asked a single question to think about. And then when you answer that question, your, your answer is returned to you with a piece of a puzzle. And at the end of the seven days, those pieces of the puzzle uh, create an infographic, which is a map of what I call the path of the creative warrior. Like almost a, a, a it's, although it's curved, it's a line to how you need to be in business to be successful as a creative person. Uh, it's normally a $37 paid program, but for your listeners, uh, let's give it to them for free. So it's weekofthewarrior.com and use the promo code podcast and they can have it for free. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for sharing that with everyone. And, uh, you know, everyone tuning in should check out Creative Warriors podcast because it's out there too. And uh, and jump into that group. I'm certainly in that Facebook group. There's a lot of great people in there. And uh, Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you here once again, but I think we did it better this time. So thanks for dropping by. <laughs> and uh, I definitely look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank you. And the same here. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted